You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group. American National Insurance, and Spiritless. As the weather turns colder and the holidays are here, if you're looking for a truly delicious glass of red or a bottle to gift to someone, I have an idea for you. Chimney Rock. Most everyone knows Napa makes world-class wine, but not everyone knows that within the Napa Valley lies a very small sub-region, Stag's Leap District, home to Chimney Rock Winery. This winery specializes in Cabernet that is truly delicious, The wine is filled with beautiful layers of complexity and finishes with a velvety texture. This is a wonderful option for holiday gift-giving or to bring to a special dinner party. Listeners of To Dine For will receive a 15% discount at uncork.com. Just use promo code TODINEFOR at checkout. Cheers and happy holidays. To Dine For, the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, Visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. If you listen to this podcast, you know I love a great founder story. That's why I love the story of Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. Three young women from Louisville, Kentucky, who had the idea for a healthier bourbon. Healthier in the sense it has no alcohol. So you can have an evening cocktail with no guilt and almost no calories. It is so delicious. I love to squeeze an orange slice, a couple of dashes of bitters, shake it with ice, and then strain it into a beautiful glass and just kick back. If you'd like to try a bottle of Spiritless, you can use promo code TODINEFOR to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most innovative and fascinating minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's podcast is Pyle Kadakia. There's a problem, I want to solve it. And I will do whatever I can to solve it. So I was like, there was a need, I'm going to go and create I it. I can fix it. Pyle Kadakia is the founder and chairwoman of ClassPass, an app designed to make scheduling your favorite fitness class an easier experience. Her story of creation and execution is a fascinating one. It all starts with her deep passion for dance, specifically Indian dance. Armed with a degree from MIT, Pyle started off on a more traditional path, but one decision changed everything. From a table at Javier's in Century City, California, Pyle shares the whole story of how Class Pass came to be, most recently acquired by MindBody, 
And furthermore, she provides a blueprint for how to get started no matter what your venture looks like. Please enjoy my interview with Pyle Kadakia. Today I'm in Century City, California, on my way into Javier's, known for incredible Mexican food and craft cocktails. I'm meeting one of the most successful young female founders of our time. She didn't set out to be an entrepreneur, but the lessons she learned along the way are priceless. I can't wait for you to meet Pyle Kadakia. Oh, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Hello. Great to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Oh, this is so fun. I can't wait to eat at Javier's. Yes, me too. Welcome to Javier's. Located on the sunny streets of Century City, California, Javier's fits right in with the vibe of this neighborhood. Known for upscale shopping and power lunching, Century City is where business gets done. With such beautiful surroundings, it's no wonder you walk in the door of Javier's and it just feels fabulous. I was really struck by how beautiful this restaurant is. Yeah, that's actually what I love about it the most. It's like this cool vibe that feels like cool and chic and you can hang out at night, but then it's the best Mexican food too. The minute you step into Javier's, the atmosphere alone lets you know you're in for a treat. The 11,000 square foot space is designed to be an oasis from the high stress business district outside with oversized booths, lush greenery, and natural materials everywhere. Javier's feels like an upscale beach resort. 750 candles light the space. That's right, 750. And the custom mosaic floors are hard to miss with more than 2 million hand-laid stones. It is a far cry from a traditional Mexican restaurant. We give you that vibe to happiness and we're gonna do our best for you and your friends or family. The first location of Javier's was founded more than two decades ago in Laguna Beach. The concept of elevated Mexican dining caught on. Javier's now has six locations in the U.S. and Mexico. Every single Mexican restaurant has these combinations of enchiladas, tacos, you know, but there is other dishes. I mean, Mexico, it's a huge country. Javier's brings different tastes. Javier's chefs have brought in family favorites from across Mexico to dream up a menu to make your mouth water. Ceviche, fajitas, enchiladas, and crudo. Not to mention their specialty hand-shaken margaritas, an enormous selection of fine tequilas that make every meal a fiesta. And we take the mask off. Ah, so nice to be here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so nice. This is fantastic. Today, over fresh guacamole and cheese and chicken enchiladas, Pyle Kadakia is sharing her story with us. This 37-year-old entrepreneur has been on a roller coaster ride, paving a new path for the fitness industry. But like all roller coasters, she's had her ups and downs along the way. Of all the restaurants in LA, and there's so many wonderful restaurants in this city, yeah. why Javier's in particular? I love their food, but I also just love the ambiance. The ambiance and the decor is really unique here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you really do feel like you're transported away from Century City exactly. into, into somewhere else. Right, right. I mean, look at it, all the amazing plants and you feel like you're breathing fresh air. You almost feel like you're in a tropical island having Mexican food. Mexican food is my favorite food. Mm. I've been eating it since I was a child Mm -hmm. and it really for me represents this time in my family where we would celebrate going out to my favorite restaurant which was called Chi Chi's when we were younger for any person's birthday, for any person's sort of 
like someone got straight A's. <laughs> it was sort of where we went to so celebrate. food is a celebration for <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. I feel the same way. <laughs> I think food should be, I think life should be celebrated every day. Yep. So yeah, I love that. Wait, welcome to Javier's. My Thank name is Javier. Uh, I think you already know what you want. You wanted an enchilada, right? Yeah, I'm going to get some cheese and chicken enchiladas. And I'm going to have the same thing she's having. Wow, really? Thank you so much. I'm really interested to hear how you grew up and how your background and your parents shaped who you became. My parents are extraordinary people. Um, They came to America in the 70s, -hmm. and they came here with nothing. Mm -hmm. They uh, fell in love when they were younger. it's interesting because everyone's always like, well, why is that a big deal? But in India, you don't fall in love and get married. <laughs> That's not normal. They were the anomaly. Exactly. Yeah. They actually had a love marriage. Mm. We were always like, what's a love marriage? I'm like, <laughs> that means they actually loved each other and decided to run away to America to start their life. And, you know, I think about who I am today, and I think so much of that comes from their sense of, not their rebellious spirit per se, but their sense of wanting to live the life they want and doing anything in their means to make it happen. From the start, Pyle's parents were on a mission to give their daughter the best America had to offer. They put down their life savings on a house to get Pyle and her sister into the number one school district in New Jersey. And they made it work, you know. My parents worked two jobs. My mom worked overnight. They couldn't afford someone to take care of me and my sister. Mm -hmm. So during the day, she would be home, and then she would run to work. She would go to work at, like, 8 p.m. at night. What did she do? She was a chemist. She was an environmental chemist. So was my dad. So both my parents were chemists. You developed a love of dance at a very young age. When did you know that it was a real passion of yours? Dance became a big part of my life when I think I was about three years old. Wow. And it's part of Indian culture, right, in a way. So... I know everyone always sees Indian dance weddings and things like, like Bollywood that. Bollywood dancing. Bollywood yes. dancing. But at the core level, you know, sort of going into dance class when you were younger is sort of like this thing that every Indian girl did growing up. And by the way, there was no ballet school for us to go to or some <laughs> fancy studio. Mm-hmm. We would train in basements. And it was so beautiful to sort of learn about my culture, my heritage, where I had come from, especially growing up in America. You know, I didn't really have that deep connection because I wasn't around people who looked like me all the time. So really, dance was an education for you so, and, a, and a look into your culture. Exactly. Like, I think it helped me learn about the beauty of who I was. I think especially as a woman, it made me feel like I belonged mm. and I was connecting to, you know, my grandmothers and my ancestors in a way that, you know, I wouldn't be able to every single day, you know, yes. and I was also a cheerleader and yes. I was also playing sports and things like that. So yes. I had that side of me too, but I think dance played this very, very, very intrinsic role in helping me with my identity. I'm really fascinated that you went to MIT with such a, a strong passion for dance. Mm-hmm. There aren't many dancers at MIT, I would imagine. <laughs> so that's another whole part of uh I think like the dual identity I've always had. I loved math and science. And a part of me actually sees dance in a very analytical way as much as I see it as a creative way. Interesting. I actually wrote my MIT, like one of my essays on how dance to me was all geometry. And that's just how my brain processed it. And so I find a way that they're really deeply connected. Mm. I was also not told that I could just be an artist when I grew up, right? It wasn't something that was something that would be okay. Like so many, Pyle felt the pressure from her parents to become 
what they dreamt for her, a doctor, a lawyer, maybe even a scientist. Pyle followed that path, graduating from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, a tech college that ranks up there with some of the most prestigious universities in the country. You graduate from MIT and you get that great job, yeah. right? You get that great job. Totally. You're, you're sort of on a corporate track. Yep. I found a dance group when I was in New York City. And so when my friends were all working, you know, and I was working too, but after work when they would go out and want to like party, I'd be like, I have to go to rehearsal. And I'd wake up on Saturday mornings and I'd be rehearsing all day long. I'd perform on Saturday and Sundays. And then I would just go back to the grind with working through the week. So it was interesting because I started sensing a conflict for me in my third year at Bain. You could tell which way your life was kind of being pulled. Pulled, exactly. Although, you know, once again, I had no full reason for it. I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go. So what I did is I went and got what I considered to be an easier job in the sense it was like more predictable hours. So I went and worked in the music industry. I got sort of like a corporate job. I got to work like the nine to five. But I knew at five o'clock I could leave work and make it to dance at six o'clock. It was o'clock. always about dance for you. It was always about dance for me. Even though I probably didn't tell my parents that at the time. <laughs> my parents were like, okay, so you're studying for the GMATs? I'm like, yeah, I'm studying for the GMATs. <laughs> um, and on the side, I ended up building my first company, which was my dance company. The Sa Dance Company, named after the first and last note in the octave in Indian classical music, was Pyle's way to follow her passion. She created and led a dance company made up of dancers like her, dancers with day jobs who had a calling for Indian dance after hours. What was, what was the company? What was the business model? It was about performance. Mm. So it was an artistic performing arts company. We mm. were about like dancing at festivals and okay. being, all these girls, like I said, have been training in Indian dance since they were like four or five years old too, right? It's just, there was no, Juilliard for us to go to, yeah. being Indian dancers. So we kind of needed to like find our own way and keep dancing our lives whichever way we could. Yes. And so when I started Sa, I literally wanted to find a way to put the beauty and professionalism into Indian dance that I had seen in companies like Alvin Ailey. And it wasn't so much about the business aspect or the entrepreneurial aspect as it was filling a need that you saw. Exactly. That's really like for me how I work. That's that's how I big build things in the world. I'm a very there's a problem, I want to solve it. And I will do whatever I can to solve it. So I was like, there was a need, I'm gonna go and create I it. I can fix it. We'll have more from our delicious meal in just a minute, but first, thank you to our sponsors. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code TODINEFOR to get free shipping. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American national agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. 
For a description of the American National Companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. The holidays are fast approaching, and choosing the right wine to pair with your holiday meal can be intimidating. But it doesn't have to be complicated. Holiday meals can be a little heavy, so you want to choose wines that are graceful and balanced. Sanford Winery in Santa Barbara County offers a delightful Chardonnay and a delicious Pinot Noir. Both pair beautifully with your fall favorites and holiday meals. Sanford's award-winning wines are elegant, sophisticated, and show-stopping. You can purchase Sanford's wines on Uncork.com. Listeners of To Dine For The Podcast will receive a 15% discount now through December 15th by entering promo code To Dine For at checkout. Cheers. Now back to our conversation. So this is your order. This yeah, is incredible. This is, my parents are vegetarian, so the cheese enchilada is something I sort of got from them <laughs> because they would they always would order one for you enchilada. and one for your family. <laughs> yeah, basically, I feel like I'm honoring them. <laughs> by That's eating, adorable. By eating it. Wow! Look at that. Wow! It's lots. It's very. It's a lot cheesy. You've created this dance troupe, and you are working on this business. And you see yet another need in the market. How did that happen? How did the, the first, it wasn't called Class Pass, it was called? It was called the Classivity. Yes, tell me how that started. Yeah, so here I was sitting at my desk at Warner, you know, dancing where I could and performing and all of that. And I had built my dance company at this point and we were doing well, you know. And once again, this was something I was doing in post-work hours and on the weekends. And I also, at the time, I was like, I want to do something more. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew my current job was like, not what I wanted to really be doing with all my time. I had been working, I had saved up money for six years. And so I actually went out to San Francisco and all these entrepreneurs started telling me about like this app and gadget and this site they were working on. And it was interesting because I'm a creative person and I'm also a problem solver. And you know, I had studied business and engineering at MIT. I was like, I can figure this out. Like, but what do I want to do, right? That is always the million dollar question. People are always like, I want to build something but what? Yes. I gave myself two weeks. <laughs> two weeks? Yeah, so this was a Sunday. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm so inspired by all these entrepreneurs I met. Maybe I can think of an idea. Dance had been sort of like this North Star in my life. I didn't really think about it in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on the plane. I took like a red eye back. And Monday, I end up skipping my ballet class that I usually go to because I was really tired. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday morning, I go to work, I have my ballet clothes with me. And I remember thinking, you know what, like, I want to try a new class. Get online, and I go to like five, six different websites of the different studios I know in New York. And I ended up spending like hours just looking for the right class. Like whether it was, I didn't know if the teacher was right for me, how I was going to get there, was I going to miss it, then if I like was going to miss like my next practice after that. And in that process, I remember thinking, why is this? not as easy as open table is for booking a restaurant, right? So you saw a need for a website that really organized classes, whether they were dance classes or fitness classes in one location. Exactly. Think about it, right? If everything I just told you, dance was this place where I felt alive. I thought about how many people who had given up on their passions. Being an Indian, you know, or child of two immigrant parents, like that was definitely the path the pressure. that felt. Yes. Yeah, pressure, path that felt secure. But I like, I think just knowing because I found dance when I was so young that there is more and that 
people were missing out on something that I knew was so beautiful. I just felt so compelled to solve this problem. So ClassPass really started as a problem that you wanted to solve, but more than that, it sounds like there's a deeper meaning, and that is you wanted to give people the same joy and the same fulfillment that you felt through dance. Absolutely. That was always the core, is I wanted people to feel that alive. I almost felt it was unfair when I saw people who didn't have that passion that I had in dance. How can you cultivate that kind of passion? And, and how do, can you identify it in your life? Because not everyone's a dancer or has an Absolutely. interest in dance. Absolutely, and, and that's the whole thing, right? That's why it's class pass. It's not about dance, right? People mm -hmm. are like, oh, why didn't you just do it for dance? I'm like, because I never thought that it would be dance for everyone. Yeah, I love dance, right? but everyone else... So it's, it's, class, it's all sorts of classes. It's really about how you spend your free time. Mm -hmm. I want people to go to shows. I want people to go to Broadway. I want people to go to the opera. You know, I want people to live a life that is full. It's really about you giving yourself the freedom to do it. But building ClassPass from the ground up wasn't easy. It took Pyle three years to actually build the product before she could even launch to the public. And let's just say it wasn't an instant success. I had to pivot. The first few products I launched did not work. No one went to class. <laughs> It no was one went really to class. embarrassing. <laughs> yes, and we spent money building it. And so you started, and you you have you create this forum that allows people to to actually sign up for classes, and no one signed up. Yeah. So we built a search engine for classes. It was like basically open table for classes. Mm -hmm. You know, all was looking great, and then we launched, and I had maybe like one booking a week. It was so <laughs> sad, and my entire business model was based upon volume. Yeah. Right. When I dug in deeper, I realized there was more to this, right? It was, it's more about this idea of fear. It's this idea of I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. And when I kind of put all these classes in front of someone, it was almost like there was too much, too much decision tax for anyone to actually be able to go. I'm curious as to how you got from, uh, got over that first hurdle of not getting subscribers, not getting people actually, how, what brought you to the next level of actually having people Go to so, the site and have it work. That's when I returned back to why did I start this company? I still had money in the bank. I still had another day to fight to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's really like what energized me. It was like, we can still do this. Like, we're not, we're not done. We can just think of a new idea. Pyle's next idea was a subscription model. Her thought was if someone paid for the unlimited membership, they'd be more likely to show up for the classes and get hooked. And did they ever? ClassPass took off, spreading to 30 countries over five continents, offering up more than 244,000 fitness classes to try. To date, users have booked more than 70 million classes, taking the company's valuation to a billion dollars in early 2020. You could say their mission to motivate users to work out is working. When you look back at ClassPass, what else really has been responsible for launching it to where it is now, which is incredibly successful. So I think what ClassPass has fundamentally done has changed human behavior. And I think products that change human behavior and our habits are the products that last forever, right? Mm -hmm. Amazon, something now shows up at my door, right? Mm -hmm. Uber, someone can take me from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Netflix, you know, everything is sort of available mm -hmm. on my my, my subscription, right? I think it's like one of those things where when you can change the way people 
they used to do something and now they do it this way. Change their behavior. Exactly. You yeah. change their fundamental behavior. Fitness, for most people, is the sense of obligation. It's a sense of, oh my God. It's like, it's kind of a, it's like a tough topic in a way, right? And it's something that's like hard for people. Like, I truly believe like ClassPass has made fitness fun. Mm. We made it something that was about trying new things mm. and exciting. Can I just say how delicious so these good. enchiladas are. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've been talking away, but I am enjoying these so much. They're so good. They are so good. Do you like the chicken one better or the? I like them both. So good. Oh my God, I just thought. So good, so good, <laughs> I mean, no. They're kind of, they're a little messy, but um, <laughs> in a good way. Do I still have enchilada sauce on my nose? No, you know, okay. you're good. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by the relationship people have with failure, because mm -hmm. um, it can be one of our greatest teachers. 100%. And it sounds like the story of ClassPass is a lot of trial and error, 100%. a lot of iteration, a lot of trying it a different way. Let's see if this fits. Uh -huh. After going through this like first iteration and sort of having no one come to the site, yeah. I changed my relationship with failure. I see failure as a data point. Failure and success are very similar. They are moments in time. And you actually move past them. And I've learned to like kind of embrace both of them. I love what you said, that failure is a data point. Yep. And if you can just view it as information, information that allows you to go the next way. Yep. Every time class best didn't work, I realized wait, what did work in that. Right. You know, and sometimes you might be completely off left field. Okay, great. You know what? That means try something on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you're closer. Mm -hmm. It's like throwing darts. Yes. Right? There's always another chance. You know, when you look at the, the landscape of ClassPass, and what year did it actually launch? Do you 2013. Know? 2013, so in seven short years. Yeah. Isn't that I mean, it's, it's unbelievable because before the pandemic, I mean, we were in 30 countries. Before the pandemic, it is a phrase that now quantifies our lives. Right before the pandemic, in January of 2020, ClassPass achieved the valuation of $1 billion. But... 95% of their studios had to shut down because of COVID. ClassPass took a huge hit. So I think it's so important that, you know, people keep dreaming, right? So what's next for you and what are you personally dreaming of that has you excited? There is still a part of me that is a dreamer when it comes to my, you know, my dance career. And I think COVID's been this beautiful time for me to be able to just get back into my training, get back into choreographing. Um, yeah, my dream is to, you know, really allow them to perform at some of the top venues in the world, whether it's Lincoln Center, Kennedy Center, the Music Center here in LA. It's just, my dream is to present Indian dance on global stages. Mm. So essentially you want to create an Indian ballet based here in the U.S.? Correct. It's an Indian ballet. It's all based on Indian dance. Isn't it fascinating that, you know, so much has paused, so much has stopped during the pandemic. Right. And for people who are high energy go-getters, <laughs> it didn't stop. It didn't. It just that allowed you actually to be more creative. 100%. I think this is one of the best times to be creative, to learn a skill, right? To dream again. It sounds like your success has shown you a huge responsibility you have to show the world what is possible, what you can do. There's no blueprint when you build companies like this, mm -hmm. right? It is purely, it's on instincts, it is on, you know, data, it is on hustle. And that, like I said, comes from a deep sense of 
it being so connected to who I am, right? ClassPass didn't start the day I was looking for that ballet class. It started when I was like four or five years old, right. when I found this deep passion for something I love. Pyle Kadakia is a really fun dinner guest. Her MIT training and creative problem solving on full display throughout this meal. She loves to dance and wants the whole world to feel the kind of joy and fulfillment she feels on stage. She created a company with a convincing premise. Book a class when you want. Find that joy where you can. And her little idea wasn't so little after all, was it? Her future is now uncertain, just like everyone these days. But her plans are a return to how it all began. A nod to her culture, a reverence for her family, and her desire to bring pure joy to as many people as possible. What a way to pursue and achieve the American dream. I'd like to make a toast, Yes, if you it. don't mind. Kyle, thank you for being on To Dine For. It is an honor to hear your story. Thank and you so much for having me. You really are very inspiring. Cheers to you. Cheers. cheers, cheers. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National, Spiritless, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golmer. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.